Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. If you have your Bibles, turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4. That's where we're going to be hanging. Turn, click. Um, We're actually going to have a big Bible right here behind me too. Um, And so if you don't have one, that's okay. Um, So Matthew chapter 4. We're in week number six of a series that we've been calling Silent Killers. And in this series, we've been talking about very specific things that are silently killing so many of us that often stay comfortably hidden in the dark. And in this series, here's what we've been doing. These certain topics, these certain things that are so often killing so many of us and people we love, we've been shining a bright spotlight on those things because here's why. Because the Bible, there's a principle in God's word that whenever you take something that's in the dark and then you put it into the light, two things happen, but probably not what you expect. Because a lot of us, we hate that feeling. We don't like taking something that's in the dark, putting it into the light. We feel exposed. Maybe we'll feel guilty. But the Bible says the exact opposite, that whenever you take something that's in the dark and you put it into the light, you actually experience two things, freedom and healing. Come on now, those are some good things to experience. I, I mean, like for me, I'm down with that. And so I like freedom, I like healing. And the Bible says the best way to do that. So what we've been doing in this series is talking about things like depression and deception and shame and isolation and anxiety and these things that have been silently killing us and we've been shining a bright light. And here's the most amazing thing is that what we've experienced is that a lot of people, when they realize this is what we're doing, experience freedom and healing like maybe never before. And that's been a big part of what this series is about and honestly what our church is about. It's actually part of our vision is that people find freedom. And that's what this series is all about. And so this week, we're going to be talking about, if you want to take notes, we actually provide some notes for you. And so you maybe want to write this down that we're going to be talking about this silent killer today of temptation. We're going to be talking about temptation today. Um, And here's my burden, okay? So every single week, I I, I go before God, and I try to hear God uh, privately so that I can say publicly what I feel like he put on my heart. And uh, here's my burden today is to practically help you. Um, I hope it inspires you, but if it doesn't, I'm okay. I hope you laugh a little bit because we believe church is fun. Thank you. Um, Because we're going to have a little bit of fun today, but if you don't, that's okay. But... My burden today is to practically help you because we believe so strongly that our Sundays should affect our Mondays. That what are we doing if we come in here and we walk out the same? But we believe that God's word can speak to our life and we can walk out of here different today and not just different in a moment, but knowing what to do tomorrow. And so I've been thinking about Monday like crazy this week because I believe that this will practically help you and give you some things. And so let me give you just a quick definition of temptation. It's the moment of being put to the test or being enticed to do wrong. So it's that moment. It's that, it's that, it's that time in history where you're being put to the test or being enticed to do wrong. Now, temptation is not sin. It's what happens before sin, and it's serious. In fact, the Bible says it's deadly. In James chapter 1, in verse 14, it says temptation, what we're talking about today, it comes from actually within. It comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. And listen to what happens. 
these desires give birth to sin. It gives birth, so temptation gives birth to sin. And then when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So temptation leads to sin, and then sin leads to death. And so that happens every single time. And here's what I know is certainty today, that every single one of us, if you have a pulse that includes you, it doesn't matter where you are in your spiritual journey, every single one of us face temptation every single day. In fact, I would love if you filled in this blank, that my biggest temptation is blank. Just go ahead and just write that on your paper. Begin to think about that. What's the biggest? For me, it's probably a little laundry list, but I can probably think of the one that right now is, is, really, is really controlling my mind, controlling my heart. Just write down my biggest temptation, because here's why. What, we're not going to be talking about a specific temptation today, but what we're going to be talking about is, I believe, principles that will apply to whatever you fill in that blank. That it doesn't matter what you're going through, whatever you're facing right now, that God wants to speak. And here's the good news. Whatever is in your blank, here's the cool thing. Jesus understands. Now, that's good. Like, that, that's, that's really, really good news. That whatever you would fill in that blank with right now, Jesus understands. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, it says, For we do not have a high priest, talking about Jesus, who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. And because he overcame sin, we have the ability to overcome sin. So today, let's learn how. Okay, so Matthew chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 1. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. Now, a lot of this series has been about exposing Satan. It's been about exposing this enemy that we have. And that the Bible says that, the, that his whole job description in John 10, 10 is to steal, kill, and destroy everything in your life. And we talked about how he does that. He, that how he does that is through deception and lies. And when he does that is a lot of time when we get isolated. So if you missed any of those, you can actually go and check out our podcast. And it's on like Apple and it's on Spotify as well. You can catch because we've really been trying to expose the enemy. And so it says in verse 2 that for 40 days and 40 nights he fasted. Now, at the beginning of the year, we did 21 days. So Jesus kind of one up just a little bit, went 40. And then it says, and I like this. I like how the Bible is like very literal. Okay, he didn't eat for 40 days and 40 nights, and he became very hungry. Like, yes, that is, that is, that's a good thing. It actually shows that he's like us. That's actually like a really deep theological truth. Okay. Um, and 3, it says during that time, in verse 3, during that time, the devil, he came to him and said, if you are the son of God. Now, I can tell you right now, one of the greatest lies of the enemy is to attack your identity. And he says, if, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of hot buttered bread. Okay. Verse four. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say, and Jesus right here actually quotes Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. And he says, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, again, the identity, jump off. For the scriptures say, and Satan actually quotes Psalm 91 here. It says, he will order his angels to protect you. 
and they will hold you up with their hands so, so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Now, here's the question. What do you do when Satan quotes the Bible to you? Here's the answer. You have to know the Bible better than him. And it says this in verse 7, where Jesus responded, the scriptures also say, punk. Yeah, I just kind of inserted that. <laughs> scriptures also say, and he quotes here, Deuteronomy chapter 6, in verse 16, it says, you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him, see, he's very relentless. He doesn't stop. One time defeated, two times defeated, still comes a third time. The devil took him to the peak of a high, of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will just kneel down and worship me. Jesus said, get out of here, Satan. For the scriptures say, for the third time, and he quotes Deuteronomy chapter 6. So maybe he was just in his Bible reading plan. He was in Deuteronomy that week, and so he just had it like kind of fresh on his mind. It says, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then the devil went away, and the angels came and took care of Jesus. Now in this text, I believe it beautifully shows how you and I can actually tackle the temptation that's in our life. Because Jesus overcame temptation, we can overcome temptation. And when I look at that text, I see three things. And here's the first one. You can write this down. We have to read God's word. We have to read God's word. If you look back at that Matthew chapter 4, three different times, the enemy comes and he tempts Jesus. And three different times, every single time, he comes back with God's word. And he says, for the scriptures say... Maybe in your translation, it says, it is written. Now, the truth is, he could only do that if he was reading God's word. And the Bible is unlike any other book on planet Earth. The, 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 it is so much more than just a bunch of stories that are just randomly put together. It's so much more than just a bunch of rules and regulations and a list of do's and don'ts. It is so much more than just this old, outdated history book. See, the Bible is the infallible, perfect, powerful word of God. In fact, Eugene Peterson, who actually translated his own version of the Bible that a lot of us have read called The Message, so he devoted his entire life to studying this. He said that scripture is God's word to us and not a collection of human words about God. And then in his translation in 2 Timothy chapter 3, in verse 16 and 17, he says this. He says, every part of Scripture is God-breathed. Every part of this is breathed by God. It is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the word, we are put together and shaped up for the task God has for us. See, the Bible is composed of 66 books, 1,189 chapters, and 31,102 verses, and every single word is breathed by God and exists for you to get to know God and to make your life better. Here's the cool thing about this book. It is the only book where the author is present. And when you read, you need to know that 39 people pen this, but there's only one author. And he's there every single time you open it. And in Hebrews chapter 4, 
in verse 12, it says, for the word of God, get this, it's alive and it's powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. In other words, that the Bible is the only book that's breathing, that it's alive, it's not dead, meaning that no matter how old you are, no matter the season of life that you're in, whether you're young, whether you're old, whether you're somewhere in between, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you're experiencing right now or what you're going through or no matter where you are in your spiritual journey, whether you've been following faithfully for decades or whether you're just now just trying to see, is this even for me, that every single one of us, that whatever you're going through, whatever stage of life, the Bible will speak to any area of your life. I can prove it because some of you, maybe you've been, especially if you've been following Jesus for a while and you've read certain things and you've read it in one stage of life and something spoke to you. And then later you're going through something different and you read the same thing and you get something brand new, right? You know why? Because it's breathing. It's alive. It's powerful. It will speak to every single area of your life. And from personal experience, the more I read the Bible, the more I know God. From my experience, the more I read my Bible, the more I know about me. And here's the cool thing, that when you know who you are, you will then know what to do. So when I read the Bible, I get to know who I am more. And when I know who I am, I then I know what to do. The more I read the Bible, the more I can recognize and hear God's voice. Over all the competing voices in the world, I can hear God better. You know, the more I read the Bible, my relationship with God just gets better and better. In fact, the better my relationship with my Bible, the better the, my relationship with God. Here's why because it's just like any other relationship we have in our life. The more we spend time with somebody, the closer we get. The more we recognize and we let that person speak to us, the closer we get to that person. And so the more, so listen, this is not about, for me, this is not about reading a book. This is not for me about just checking off a spiritual disciplines. This is about spending time with a person. It's about spending time with the living God and the more I do, the more my life changes. And I'm so passionate about it because this has changed my life. It has literally changed my life. And it's just like any other relationship. The more we spend, the closer we get. So number one, read God's word. And here's number two, memorize God's word. Don't just read it, memorize it. You know, think back to Matthew chapter four. How did Jesus get to those verses so quickly? Was he like, hold up, I need to go get my scroll. And he goes and he gets his scroll and he's like, just kind of rolls it out and like, okay, where in there did I, I knew I read it, it was on the top left corner and so I'm thumbing through the whole thing. Just know, I think I, I think I highlighted that verse, it was one of those that stuck out. And so, you know, like he didn't do that. That's not what Jesus did. He had it in his heart. It's something that he had, he didn't go and like, he didn't like, Think about this. He did not use his like Jesus superpowers right there in those moments. He didn't supernaturally tap in to that side of him. I think it's important for you and I to know that right here in Matthew chapter four, Jesus used the same spiritual resources that are available to us today. I wrote this down. He didn't use his divinity. 
he used God's word in his humanity. And so he read God's word. He studied God's word. And he memorized God's word. Psalm 119 in verse 11, it says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I, that I may not sin against you. And trust me, anything that you're going through, whatever you put in that blank, whatever you're going through, the answer is in this book. So here's a principle. Just read what you need. Read what you need. So whatever you filled in the blank, go find that. Go find something that speaks to it. Go find a verse. Go to the back. Go to the concordance. Go to Google. Google something and try to find a Bible verse on blank. You know, go ask a friend. Whatever you got to do, go find a verse that fits the temptation that right now and get it and read it and memorize it and put it in your heart so that you can use it. Find it. And so, like, maybe for some of you, you came in, and may, like, I just deal so much with shame and guilt and condemnation. You know, I'm just totally weighed down by the guilt and the mistakes. It's like I have just have this connection to my past. Well, I want to encourage you, if that's you, you memorize Romans 8.1, and as soon as you feel that, say, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus, none. None. So I feel guilt and shame. I recognize that it's not from you, God, because your word says that there's none of that in people that are found in you. So I'm going to memorize that, put it in my heart. Maybe for some of you, you're dealing with fear and you're constantly have this fear and this, this thing that's kind of hovering around your life. You memorize 2 Timothy 1.7 and say, for God has not given, not just us, but me. God has not given me a spirit of fear and timidity, but a power of love and a self-discipline. Maybe you're dealing with low self-esteem or comparison, or when you look in the mirror, you don't like what you see, or maybe you even believe that you're a mistake. Let me just lovingly encourage you. You memorize Psalm 139, verse 14, where it says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. You say, I will, not, I will not think that anymore. I will not line up to those lies anymore. No, like your works are wonderful. I'm wonderful. I know that full well. Maybe you're dealing with sexual temptation or lust, or maybe there's even an addiction to pornography. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 18, it says, run from sexual sin. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you? And was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. Now, pastor, now that's four sentences. Like, you don't know how long it would take me to memorize four sentences. That would take me six months to get that. So wait, you're telling me that you would rather be owned by porn and lust than memorize four sentences. That when you're right there in that moment, you can say, no, 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 no. I've been bought with a price. I honor God with my body. That's what I do. I know I can come with it at any time. You're dealing with worry, stress, anxiety. One, go back and listen to our podcast because we talk a lot about that over the weeks before. But then, it, but you memorize, put in your heart, Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. You're dealing with anger. Psalm 4, verse 31 says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So when you're in traffic tomorrow, 
somebody cuts you off and you're used to saluting them in a certain way. No, no, no. Get rid of all anger, bitterness, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to another. Forgive it. I forgive you in Jesus' name. You know, like, respond. Let it be something that is real in your life. You're dealing with insecurity. Now, Philippians 4, 13, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Dealing with pride, James 4, 6, God opposes, the, God opposes the proud but favors the humble. Dealing with greed, no one can serve two masters. Matthew 6, 24, either you will hate the one and love the other or you'll be devoted to the one, despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. If you're dealing with addiction, you say no, uh-uh. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12, I will not be mastered by anything. Some of you, you want to quit and you want to give up right now. You want to quit and you want to give up on your relationship with God. You want to quit and you want to give up on your other relationships, your friendships. Maybe you want to quit and you want to give up right now on your marriage. Listen, maybe you want to quit and give up on life, your job, whatever's going on. No, I'm going to hold on to Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. It says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time. We will, not that we might, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. See, read what you need. The answer's there. Whatever you're going through, read what you need. See, there's a time in my life where I really didn't have control of my words. I was very negative. I was constantly tearing everybody and everything down, and I was doing it a lot in the name of joking. You know what I'm saying? And I was joking, and really at the end of the day, I was very negative, very critical, had a critical spirit, and I was constantly tearing down everything and everybody. And I felt a lot of conviction. And then I was like, you know what? Ephesians 4.29. And I decided that this, people ask me all the time, what's your favorite Bible verse? I don't really know. There's a lot of really good ones, but I can tell you the one that's impacted my life, my day-to-day life, and it's this one. It says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. I read that and it jumped off the page because I knew that that wasn't my life. And so I made a decision. I'm going to get that in here. And so I read it over and over and over again. I tried to memorize it and I tried to bring it out every single time that I was tempted to be critical or negative. And so I would literally just repeat it every single day, like do not let any, and I started breaking it down phrase by phrase, do not let any unwholesome talk. But what about if I'm joking? Do not let any, what if I'm just kidding around? What if it's just like locker room talk? No, like do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up that my words should build people up, never tear people down, that it should build others up according to their needs, that literally my, like even the words that I say should go through the filter of what does that other person need? And then this one little phrase that says that it may benefit those who listen. Here's what that means. That means like me, like you and me, if we were having a conversation, that means that if we were having a conversation and all these people were listening, it should benefit their life. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. What's only helpful for building others up according to their needs and it may benefit those who listen. And I begin to see freedom and it changed my attitude. It changed how I began to speak when I started using that. So let's read God's word. Let's memorize God's word. And then here's number three, obey God's word. Let's not just read it. Let's not just memorize it, but let's obey it. That's what Jesus did. 
He lived his entire life according to God's word. And in James chapter one, it says this in verse 22, it says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. And let me use my exegetical imagination here. And let me just add this in. Don't just go to church, be the church. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says otherwise. Uh, uh, what is that? Otherwise. <laughs> really bad. Okay. You are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, get this, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror and you analyze it and you see your hair and you see how your makeup's done and you see all those things and then you see yourself, you walk away and then you instantly forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, if you live on Monday, what we talk about on Sunday, then God will bless you for doing it. And I don't know why, it's kind of how my mind works. Sometimes I just think some crazy thoughts. And when I was thinking about this verse, I read this verse when I was studying this week and I instantly remembered this, this commercial uh, that I saw that is, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, it is not spiritual at all, okay? And, uh, but this is what I feel like James chapter one, when it talks about like, don't just hear it, but do it. Like do what it says in the mirror thing and forgetting all this, check this out. Yes sir, is your size 19? Yeah. Are you sure you're not a size nine? Nine? Don't make me laugh, girl. Yeah. I'm gonna wear these out. Watch him duck. Yes, sir. Just because you drive the official vehicle of the NBA doesn't make you an official NBA player. Okay. I don't know why I thought of that this week, and I was like, I'm going to show it. Why not? Um, but as silly as that guy looks, you know, it's like he's ducking under, and he's like a strong five foot six. You know, like he's a strong five foot six. It's like he forgot what he looked like. You know, and, and the Bible says that, that if you hear the word of God, but you don't obey it, you look just like him. You're just like people who look in a mirror, you walk away and totally forget what you look like. That's why revelation doesn't lead to transformation. Application of revelation leads to transformation. It's not just about information. It's not just about hearing all the right things. It's not just about reading all the right things. It's not even about getting revelation when you're doing it. That's not what leads to transformation. The revelation, the information does not lead to transformation. Application of that revelation leads to transformation. Years ago, I saw this, this story of a man that was thrown into prison and sentenced to solitary confinement for the rest of his life. And so just imagine, you're completely separated from all of humanity. And this man spent his entire life isolated and in solitary confinement, completely alone. And he was actually given one book to read. 
And from context of this message, on the count of three, tell me what book you think that that is. One, two, three. Excellent, church. He was given one book, the Bible. So over the next 33 years, it was just him and the Bible. And he read it over and over and over and over again, like hundreds, thousands of times with painstaking care. And when he died, what they found when they walked into his cell was shocking. They saw all these sentences etched on the walls of his cell. And it was sentences like this. The eighth verse of Psalm 97 is the middle verse of the Bible. That Ezra 721 contains all the letters of the alphabet except the letter J. That no word or name of more than six syllables can be found in the Bible. That's it. For 33 years, him and the Bible, reading it hundreds and thousands of times, that's what he came up with. How is that even possible? I think about that and I'm like, how? How could that happen? When just carefully reading and studying the word of God and only come away with some random facts? That's because the power isn't in just reading God's word. The power isn't in memorizing God's word. The real power is in obeying God's word. When it's not just something that you just read, it's where you live. And so one thing that we wanted to do this week is we wanted to challenge you and really provide an opportunity for our church like never before to engage in God's word. And so I wanna challenge you that over the next seven days, to read God's word. Now, for some of you, that's really intimidating. Maybe you've never done that. And even the thought of that is like, I don't even, I don't know where to start. I don't know where to begin. So we've decided to help. And so right now, if you go to our website, queencitypeople.com, you'll actually see at the very top, whether you do it on your, on your computer, whether you do it on your phone, you will see that little banner. It says, click here to read day one of our seven-day Bible reading plan. And if you click that and you hit it, it'll go to this page. And we have just a few verses. So today, I encourage you to take, take five, 10 minutes today and read it. And it's six verses. And then our team has actually written a devotional along that topic and given you some areas to maybe pray through. And I just wanna encourage you that over the next seven days, wherever you are in your spiritual journey, to say, okay, I'd love to do that this week. Just try it. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you one. In fact, you can go to our info area any single week and say, I don't have a Bible, I would love a Bible, and we'll give you a Bible. Because we're passionate about this. Uh, we believe it changes our life. Or if you don't do the whole paper thing, if you just, yeah, I'm, I'm an electronic guy. Okay, cool. So there's a app called Uversion. Download it. It's got like 77,000 Bibles on it. Okay. So you can find whatever translation you want. Uversion, download it. Go get a free Bible. I just want to encourage you over the next seven days to engage in God's word. Maybe like Maybe even if you've never done it before. And here's what I believe. I believe God's gonna do something 
and I believe he's gonna teach you things. And I believe it's gonna change how you go to work. And I believe it's gonna change how you parent your kids. I believe it's gonna change your marriage. Just for seven days, today through Saturday, give it a go and just see what God does. Because what I believe is that in Matthew chapter four, Jesus shows us that God's word is a weapon. That when we read it, memorize it, obey it, we have, like, we have everything we need to overcome temptation. And I want you to notice that what we talked about today was overcoming temptation, not overcoming sin. We did not talk about how to overcome sin. And here's why. Because number one, I can't teach you to do something that you can't do. Because the truth is, you and I, we can never on our own overcome sin. We can't do it. So I can't teach you to do something that you can't do. Two, I can't teach you to do something you don't need to do. And number three, I can't teach you to do something that's already, this is good news, been done for you. Romans chapter eight, verse three says, God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. He faced everything that we faced. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 57, it says, but thank God, exclamation. There's some excitement. There's some energy that's right there. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ. Does that excite anybody in church today that has been defeated? See, today, I don't have to tell you how to overcome sin because the good news of the gospel is that Jesus already did. And because he did, you and I have the ability to not only experience eternal life, it's not just because he did that that we get a chance to be in heaven one day, which is awesome, which is true, but it actually changes how we live life right now. Not only do we get to experience eternal life, we get to experience abundant life. The life that in John 10, 10, Jesus says, I came to give you a more and better life than you could ever possibly imagine. The best possible life, a life where you can and defeat temptation in your life. And that's available to you. All you have to do is invite Jesus into your life. Surrender everything. I'm giving everything to God today and make a decision to follow him. If you will, will you bow your head and close your eyes and just in this moment of response, one thing we love to do right here and just with, with no distractions, literally ask God, we're gonna get you out on time. Ask God, God, what are you speaking to me today? Maybe ask him this, what's my response need to be to this message? How is Monday gonna look different because of Sunday? For some of you, maybe you need that light bulb moment of just, I need to give my life to God. I need to go all in with God today. And wherever you are in your spiritual journey, it's not about, have I walked an aisle? Have I done that? Like, listen, do you know that right now, are you close to God? And if you're not, the amazing thing about God, his love, his forgiveness, his mercy, his grace, is that you're one decision away from being close to him. And so if you're here and you've never made the decision to follow Jesus, maybe you've, you've 
never been given that opportunity. Maybe you're here and you have made that decision in the past, but you've gone off, you've done your own thing, you've lived life your your own way, and you just wanna go all in with God. We're not gonna embarrass you, we're not gonna point you out, we're not gonna make you come forward, but we do wanna give you a tangible opportunity to say, yes, I'm taking a step today. I wanna go all in with God. I wanna give him my whole life. I wanna follow him. And if that's you, and that's the decision that you wanna make with nobody looking around, this is, this is a, a very personal decision. But I would love for you to take that step and say, you know what, I'm a, I'll at least put my hand up and say, I wanna make that decision. If that's you and that's the decision you wanna make today and you know God's speaking to you, we you just raise your hand just right there where you're at. I wanna give my life to God today. I, wanna, I see it. Yep, 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 yep. It's great. It's great. Anybody else? I, I, I just, I wanna I want I want come back to God. I wanna, I wanna come to God. I see that. That's awesome. It's great. If you would, you put your hands down and just maybe pray something like this in your heart. Just, Jesus, I love you. I need you. I'm so sorry that I've lived my life without you, that I've tried to do it all on my own. And right now, I choose to stop. I choose to invite you into my life. Come live inside of me. Change me from the inside out, not outside in, but inside out, and make me brand new. I surrender my whole life to you, everything. I give you everything. And today, I choose not to lead myself anymore, but I choose to follow you. I choose to let you lead me in every single area of my life for the rest of my life. Thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for second chances and third and fourth and fifth and sixth chances. Thank you for never giving up on me. Thank you for your word. God, we thank you that you have given us the gift of your word. God, I pray that it comes alive like never before in each and every one of our lives. God, I pray that we crave it, that it speaks to every single area of our life. And God, help us this week. Help us to grow roots in your word this week. We love you. And it's through Jesus we pray. And everybody said, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People. 